Podcast Network Asia. Well, hello, Doritos. You didn't forget about us, did you? I know, 2022 has been off to a very slow start, but hopefully our two-parter kickoff episode will make up for that. Today, we welcome back my good friend, DJ Mo Twister, who does not think religion is a good time. Get it? We also welcome an old friend, a new friend, and a couple of age-old questions. So whether you're on YouTube or Spotify, come on in and let's get this new year on the Narrow Door podcast started. Come on in. I haven't said that in ages. I have confidence in everything that has to do with religion that is falling off a cliff. Evil is not from God. It is not part of His plan to create evil. But what came out of it, given our freedom, is that these are the consequences. Because I used to question all the time as well. Yeah, yeah. Why did so many bad things happen to me? Why did I have to lose two babies? Why did I get divorced? And I blamed God so quickly before. Why is the world in the way that it is? I know it can sound like a cop-out. I know it can sound like just a a basic canned answer, but it really does boil down to there is two spirits in this world. But if he does exist, how come he's not as advertised? They call him almighty a hundred times. Then let me see it. He's got plan one. He can just wipe everything out because it's his creation. So he can do so. He can just destroy everything. And everything that's evil would be destroyed. Well, that would be everything at that point. You know, two, he can do nothing. Or three, he can set in motion a plan. All right, we're calling this the prodigal episode. Oh, yes. And, oh yes, the person that gave me this idea is actually here. Hi, DJ Mo Twister. We'll do the round of introductions in a little bit. But yes, Doritos, welcome. This is the prodigal episode of the Narrador podcast because we've been away for two months, almost to the day, if you can believe it. I am so sorry. This is my official apology. But, you know, 2022 has been off to a really rough start. Um, How are you guys doing? I mean, you know, it's like mid-Feb. But how's 2020 been? 2022 been? Recovid. (laughs) Recovid. What's that? (laughs) Recovid? What do you mean, Recovid? Because we got sick again. Oh, right. Covering from COVID. Yes. Yes. Um, We started the year with uh, the whole family testing positive. So we assume we're positive too. But, you know, it's it wasn't as bad as last year. I mean, Sam witnessed how bad it was for me. I was like half dying. But this this time, Omicron wasn't such a, you know, big, big deal. It was like, oh, I just had the flu, cuffed out my lung for a day. But that was it. (laughs) Uh, I I mean that was kind of a thing on the show like a bunch of us got sick but we're all okay now and um what about you guys did anyone did anyone else get sick with COVID or I surprisingly did not uh and maybe I have and I just didn't know it because um you know (laughs) here in the U.S. uh it's I think a different culture compared to maybe some of the other countries where we're a bit more relaxed uh I am in the minority as a vaccinated person um most of my co-workers are very much against being uh vaccinated um so wherever you go people just you know not wear mask as often I just came from a football game in Kansas City there were 76,000 people in there they don't even require you to wear um so everyone's just breathing on each other and all that stuff and I haven't gone in it I've been on two flights and I got another one next week and, you know, just I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not purposely being not careful. I am careful. And I and I'm trying to tell people to be careful. 
but just, you know, considering I've been around people who just refuse to wear masks and not vaccinated all the time, I haven't gotten it. It's like, yeah, it's a small miracle. That I no, but gotten. you know what? That's a good point that you make, because I think early in the year when there was a surge, I was like, oh, my goodness, everyone is sick except me. Like I kind of yeah. was, you know, having that little attitude. But then, you know what? Maybe I had it and I was asymptomatic. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I, I never tested myself, so I really cannot know for sure. But all that to say, we all survived and we're here to record another episode of the podcast and i'm so excited to be doing it with you guys so yes dj mo twister is here of course of the In mega the popular <laughs> good times radio show and a podcast he's a dear friend and he's a returning guest if you have been listening to us mohan i'm wearing an amsterdam shirt this is a nod to your daughter Yes, thank you. And we're celebrating her, her birthday on Saturday. Um, so right. that's what that's about. Oh. But anyway, welcome back, Mohan. Thanks for being Thanks. here. Finally, finally. Yes, um, I know. I love being on the show. I know. People um, sometimes think, like, why am I on this show? Like, I just told my wife uh, about 10 <laughs> minutes ago. I'm like, hey, by the way, uh, I'm going to be a little late for dinner. I'm going to go upstairs and be on Sam O's uh, podcast, you know, where they talk about, you know, the spiritual life, religion, you know, and she's like, why? Why were you? Evolved? <laughs> what are you, like an example of what not to be? And um, <laughs> hey, I like going on the show. Yes. No. And we talk about faith quite a bit. Well, I'll tell you more in a little bit, you know, after I introduce everyone else. So we also have another returning guest. Father Albert Garong is here. If you're on the YouTube, you know, he's a Catholic priest and he's the show. He's the host of the pads cast. Hi, Father. Thanks for being here. Hello. Thanks for having me back. And it's been a while. Thank you for saying yes, Father. I I know you've been busy. Welcome back. I know you've spent quite a bit of time in new york as well so yeah. welcome back and thank you for saying hi i mean for coming back yeah 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 well, i'm so I'm- glad that you got invited yeah thank you thank yes, you thank yes absolutely thank you for being here and then if you were also on youtube instead of spotify you'd see that we're also welcoming a new friend from new heaven and new earth church of jesus instructor aaron russo he's been teaching at new heaven and new earth for 15 years and he's joining us from korea Korea, the motherland. Hi, Instructor Aaron. <laughs> yeah, hello, everyone. It's uh, it's really a, it's a pleasure. I just want to say thank you guys for giving me this opportunity. You know, I don't I don't know how much to say. I don't want to take up too much time. You know, but I I'm very thankful that uh, that I'm you know able to meet you guys finally. I've been watching you guys for a while and listening, and oh. it's been something really interesting. And my audience style. <laughs> full disclosure, I'm definitely nervous. This is not something I'm used to. So it's really nice to listen to the, the way you guys are communicating and stuff. And I just hope that I can, you know, try to help as best I can. But I well, just want to say thank with, you guys. Yeah, let, let's start with the hard hitting questions first, Aaron. Who, who the uh, of Blackpink is your favorite of uh, the four? <laughs> you in Korea. I mean, we got we to gotta, we gotta start with, with the hard stuff here. So no, I'm yeah, I haven't been too much into the into the K-pop so much. You know, my maybe my daughters will get them on the show. They can they can you know, give you some information. So. We got Team Lisa with Mohan over here. Oh, no, okay. no, no, Jenny Kim, Jenny Kim. Uh, oh, I'm Jenny, sorry. Jenny, is, Lisa, right there. Uh-huh. And then as my friend would say, Jisoo is over down here. But but no, I mean yeah, but, Jenny Kim, but but uh, Lisa fan as well. Thank you. All right, all right, okay. Mo in Vegas, instructor Aaron is in Korea. The rest of us are in Manila, and you know, so we have a different, we have a couple different time zones going on here. And I just want to thank you again for making this possible. I know, though, Instructor Aaron, you had a short stint living in the Philippines, right? Do you yeah, wanna... I was there for yeah. a couple of years. In okay. Manila? I lived in Manila for a little bit. When I first got there, I was in uh, Papanga. 
So that was the first place I was in. And then I was traveling back and forth to Manila because we were trying to establish um, a little situation there. So we were looking, you know, trying to look out for uh, real estate and all that kind of stuff. So we were going back and forth and that was crazy. That was crazy, Mm. the travel time going back and forth there. And then I ended up in um, uh, Silang. Is it Silang? Oh, okay, in Laguna. Okay. And that's when my, the rest of my family came later, you know, after that. So I was there for about six, seven months by myself. And then later the family came and we stayed there for about a year and a half. It was pretty, it was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing, especially down in Silong where there's no, I mean, there, you know, going from Manila where you can travel around pretty easily and then going to Silong, there's no taxis, there's no Uber, you know, it was all the trikes and the you know, jeepney. So it was a pretty, pretty crazy experience to, to jump into that. But I had a great time. Yeah, time. yeah. I thought it was such a nice touch that you've actually been to the Philippines. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I miss it. I want to go back for sure. I definitely want to go back. Okay, so this is a situation <laughs> with Mohan and I, right? So I guest on most podcasts once a week. And because I do this podcast and we're all about the faith and we're deep into Bible, we'll get to talking about faith once in a while. And sure. Yeah, Yeah. a couple of days ago, I was on there and I was thinking about this question, Mo, because you were basically like, Sam, there's a pandemic, you're single, (laughs) you're you're barely working, your life basically sucks. So how are you (laughs) able to be happy and hopeful during this time? Which I think is a legit question for a lot of people right now, right? And I was kind of like sitting on this question and I think I came to the conclusion that it actually has a lot to do with the stuff we're talking about on this podcast, because as I said earlier, we're discerning right now, like, you know, this testimony that new heaven and new earth has, it was on this podcast that I learned that the Bible is God's salvation plan, you know, God's promises. And like, I don't know, it just fills me with a lot of hope. Um, I mean, not just, it's not just about new heaven and new earth, but I think it's about the Bible and what it means for us believers like what the contents of that mean? I don't know, I, something like that. So I thought maybe we could break it down a little bit today. Mm-hmm. But I think we're going to have to start with Bible because, um, I mean, what are your thoughts on the Bible, for one? I don't think you really think of it as like, you know, an inspired, a divinely inspired book. Who first? <laughs> no, you, Mohan. I'm asking you. Oh, I thought I, I was thought, like, oh, I, that's oh. definitely not for me, right? That's not my question. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right, sorry, my fault. I, just, I didn't want to. I, I already feel like I'm talking too much, so I was like, okay, I want to make sure that that is actually. No, for you're me. the guest. Talk too oh, much, I'm please. The guest. I'm the okay, so I mean, listen, I I grew up with knowing that it was yeah, divinely inspired word of God. You know, all of the stuff they teach you and. Um, as you get older, and this is kind of like how I feel about maybe faith in general, is as you get older, you get more questions. And some of those questions, I don't find answers in the Bible. Like when we were younger, you know, when we were younger, it's like, you have a question, just open the Bible, you'll find something on any page you open. It's like, you do it and you kind of, you, you, you almost force, oh yes, that makes sense to my problem. Now, when I read it, or when I look at it, I just, I don't know if if the the energy I used to have for it when I was younger is still there. I'm, I'm, I'll be 100% honest. I don't think it is. So yeah. is it divinely inspired? Yeah, perhaps. But I'm not as sure as I was when I was younger, when, when I knew it meant so much. And I knew, like, when you put your hand on it, like in court, right, or, or when, you, when you swear in a president, 
they put it there because it means so it's more than just it's bigger than life. And then mm-hmm. now I just read, you know, if I come across it, I'm like, okay, yeah, I mean, sure, it, it's, it's, I'm sure it's nice, but I haven't read it <laughs> nice. as a, I, I haven't read it as a, as in this later part of my adulthood. Right, right, right. So, you know, instructor Aaron, Father Albert, how would you convince someone like him that yes, this is actually a divinely inspired book? Do you want to? Okay, I'll, I'll jump in first a bit. Uh, it's interesting because what you said before about you know, just opening up a page and then you can kind of just make it mean something. It reminds me a lot of like horoscopes, you know, how people sure, do that for sure, their right, for their year right. in horoscopes, like make it mean about my life, right? But basically it's just this really just open kind of thing that you can twist and turn any way you want. Yeah, um, yeah. I had a lot of the same actually growing up. I I wasn't really into the, the Bible so much growing up. I was kind of tossed back and forth when it came to a lot of different faith or religions and uh, I kind of, I left all that for a long period of time and got into, when I was into high school, I got more into science. I got, really wanted to find out about other religions besides Christianity or Catholicism. Um, yeah. Part of my family was Mormon. So there's all kinds of twisted stuff that was, you know, going on in my head. So I didn't really think about the Bible too much at all, to be quite honest. And then when I finally started to get back into religion, I had all the same kind of questions, you know, questions that people normally couldn't answer. Uh, talked to a lot of different pastors at different times. And a lot of it was, you know, pray about it. Um, really, we, we just don't understand God's plan. You know, we really have a hard yeah. time understanding God. You know, a lot of those, you know, basic kind of answers to make you feel good, but they really don't have a lot of that, you know, answer. And to be honest, the only way that I could actually prove that the Bible is divinely inspired is by showing that that logic that's within it from, you know, Genesis all the way through to Revelation. There's this underlying logic, this theme that God has been consistently working on, that if you truly understood it, you'd see that it's not, it's just really not quite possible to be done simply by man, because man is unable to accomplish things a thousand years or 2000 years in the future. But if you were to see how things and how God has actually worked things out generation after generation, and then proving that it's been done in that fashion, and God, like there's a verse uh, in Amos chapter three, verse seven, it says that surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing it to his prophets. So everything that God is going to do, he first says what he's going to do. And then Jesus says something very similar. You know, I tell you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. So why it's divinely inspired is because it's simply a plan from something that's beyond man. It's like a, an entity that's beyond man that is giving a plan that man himself cannot accomplish because we're not around to do it you know we have one lifetime what 80 90 years if we're lucky sure how can i prove or how can i accomplish a promise for 500 years in the future i just can't do it now but, now if know, i may yeah. real quick you know oh, sure. when i when i hear people talk about the bible uh, i hear and this is not from say experts or people who are really into it but you hear the phrase don't take it literally it's just kind of like a there's a there's a there's a story there, but if you take it literally, you're going to get confused or it's not going to make sense. Mm. What's your opinion of people who actually say that phrase? I, I, I'm not sure if you come across that phrase, but I come across it a oh, lot. Sure. Yeah. 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 Well, what's the answer to, well, don't take it literally. Well, there's, there's parts of the Bible that need to be literal. And there's other parts, like we break it down in the, the theology that we have. There's basically four types of information in the scriptures, okay? yeah. four basic types. And you can break it down mostly in this way. You have history which is yeah. just basic history. This person existed at this time, 
right? This event happened at this time. I'm not talking about miracles per se, but just these people existed, this culture existed. Okay, that's history. So you take that literal, you know, and even yeah. archaeology, they can actually back up a lot of those kind of things. These people lived at this time. Then you have something called teachings or moral teachings or um, instructions. And these are things that are helping people to live uh, a moral life, if you will. So Old Testament, it was a lot of physical laws. New Testament's a lot of spiritual laws, but it's really just basic. It's like, do this, don't do that. You know, be a good person this way. Don't do these to be a bad person, that kind of thing. So again, you can take that. They, they use maybe metaphors or allegories in order to, to help you understand, like, you know, don't, don't worry about the speck of dust in your brother's eye. You know, worry about the plank of wood in your own. Obviously, we don't have a plank of wood in our eye, right? But, <laughs> but the moral is, you know, be a good person kind of thing. Yeah. But then you take it a step further and there's something called prophecy. And prophecy, and this is where, you know, if we really get into this now, it's going to be the whole episode, but prophecy itself, it's, you know, foretelling something that God's going to do. But the problem is, it's not just God that's, that exists. There's an enemy called, you know, the devil or Satan. And the result of that, it's just like being at war. If you have a plan of action in war, you don't want your enemy to know what you're going to do. Right. Right. So you speak it in code words, you have right. secret phrases, things like that. Think about it in the same way. So God uses figurative language or he uses parables in order to hide the secrets of what he's going to do in the future to keep the enemy from being able to, you know, manipulate it. So in that sense, there are certain visions or certain parables that are not meant to be understood literally. I mean, it's crazy to do so. There's like a horse that has a head on its tail that breathes fire. I mean, really? You know, there's a beast that comes out of the sea that's got seven heads and 10 horns. Like, you can't take that literally, right? I mean, it's just not mm. possible. But there's a purpose for it. So that, that's what would be my answer. There are things that need to be literal. But again, you have to be able to first, like, dissect the Bible and see, okay, well, what am I reading? You know, ask right. that question, what am I reading? I think that's well said. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Father Albert? Yeah, um, just to pick it up, uh, I agree with many points that uh, instructor Aaron said, and um, I think an, a good image about the Bible is that don't think of it as a, as a book, but as a library. It's just mm -hmm. a collection of different stuff. There's poetry, there's epics, there's uh, moral teachings, and so on. So you, sometimes you pick what most describes it, you just open it and you just find an answer. Well, you open to a part that's poetry, so when you're looking for something else, you don't. You don't really get, uh, you don't use it like that. Instead, you have to read it as a whole, as this unified story of God's salvation plan, as what we said, and try to make sense of these parts according to that, what God teaches it as a whole. So uh, to, to people like Mo, who are curious about the Bible, you know, um, open it. Yes, find, uh, like, begin with the Gospels, find something that resonates with you, and begin there. Uh, and then it, the, the word is living. It's alive. It will you know, it will mean something to you. If you read it with an open heart and mind, it will lead to something more, something more profound later on. I do have to emphasize that the word must come with community or church. Uh, so it's part of understanding the Bible. You don't just read it on your own, but it's always best to read it in, in the background of a solid tradition or a solid community that interprets it with you, that has a history with it, with a background with it, so that you don't, you know, lose your way because alone, do it alone. It can only go so far. Sure. Sure. Makes sense. Thanks. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about your church situation, Mohan, which I thought was really interesting the last time I was on your show. 
Um, well, I mean, in terms of say formal uh, church going, I, I mean, I, I go. Um, it's weird. I, I think I'm Catholic <laughs> uh, because I grew up Catholic. I was altar boy. You know, I did the. You know, I worked in the oh. church. Uh, so you know, I. <laughs> I am very much exposed to that uh, faith, but because I find that I, because I don't go to church anymore in the Catholic church, I, we go more to Christian churches, I guess, you know, what the evangelical uh, right, right. mass. I do that because I try to keep my kids attention. I believe is, is, is <laughs> it resonates in that environment a little bit more because the songs are better and then the, the the message is more relatable. Sorry, sorry. Okay. I feel you know the same way, It's more modern, right? It's more modern. So in that sense, it keeps their attention. They're a bit more engaged. So I'll cross. I'll go uh, cross platform in that sense, uh, be, for their sake, for their sake. Yeah. And, but if you were, if I were going to fill out an application and they would ask you what your faith, I would put Catholic, hundred percent of the time. I have right. not been to a Catholic mass in year after year after year yet earlier today, it'd be a Sunday, you know, we, we did, we did the evangelical mass. So it's weird. It's a weird situation. I think I'm doing it for my kids more than anything because personally, and, and, and Sam, you know, this because we talk about this rather liberally on our show is that I have, um, uh, let's see a confidence in everything that has to do with religion that is falling off a cliff um currently and and then i i pinpoint certain things that happen in the world that happen in our country that can only be explained to me as this can't this can only happen if there's no god because if there is a god he would not allow this to happen uh case in point uh apollo kiboloi for example yeah. who showed up on the fbi uh wanted list, list. yeah i want to listen that's all over the news uh probably i mean could be argued the single worst Filipino alive. The worst we have. Can't think of somebody worse than this man. And yet he stands there on top of what could be or likely will be our president and vice president and a, and a, and a platform of the country's worst criminals who have such a strong fan base. And he's sitting there and he's, he's praying over these people and people believe it. And so you have a guy as an imposter, because I can only call him that, and you correct me if I'm wrong if you like him, but he is using God's name for his personal gain, for the gain of these politicians, and yet he is on a list for sex trafficking of children, mm -hmm. trafficking of other human beings, indicted in, in a foreign nation, and yet he stands there say in the you know using god's name to 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 kind of rile people up and successfully riling people up that is a that that cannot exist in my mind if there is a god because he should have put a stop to that he should have gone wait a minute time out you no 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 you're using my name you're influencing the people and children who cannot be protected are being victimized sexually using my name <laughs> and me being and and you've heard me say this on this show and you've heard me say on the podcast a thousand times if i am as powerful as i say if I am as powerful as that book says I am, because it says I am, I'm the man. I am, I, you know, the buck stops with me. I am strong. I am powerful. I am loving. I am forgiving, but I can create and I can destroy like this. Why does this guy exist? And why does he hurt his children in that capacity? Only in a godless world can that 
exist. That's my problem. I am passionately angry at not at this person alone, but that if there were a God, if there were, how did you allow this guy to do that? You know, how'd you do that? And if you're going to tell me, well, freedom of choice or, you know, you, there, people can make the choices or it's the devil acting. I don't care. You are number one, alpha, numero uno, baddest man in the universe. You could have done something about it. How dare you not do anything about it? Wow. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so passionate. Oh. I mean, obviously. Yeah. yeah. You want yeah. some water, Mo? <laughs> I have water right here. It's almost done because I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a question that's been asked thousands and thousands and thousands of years you know um it's a big one and it's I think one of those questions where we can't answer on a single episode of a podcast tie a nice bow around it you know but given the limited time that we have and I'm sure you've encountered these questions before doing what you do instructor Aaron and father Albert you know how do you answer something like this I, I totally get it. It's frustrating. I myself sometimes have those moments when, why God? I mean, you bless, you know, a, an infant that just died. or It's terrible. Um, and really, at the, at, at the core of it, that the church treats evil, the problem of evil as a mystery. It's not something that we can say that, tie, as Sam said, we can tie a nice bow around it and say, this is the reason why there is evil and suffering in the world. And Mo already touched on the different ways that the church approaches uh, the problem of suffering. Number one is that freedom. When God made us in his image and likeness, that included freedom. God created a perfect world. He created perfect beings. But part of that being perfect is that we are free to do what we want. He, and that means he has to give us a choice and not just, you know, say you're free but you don't have any options so he has to give us a choice to go against his will and that is why we have all this now we live in a world that's broken by sin broken by our uh, our actions our choices uh, our big and small we don't blame just the big people but even our own little um, imperfect ways that we act and choose and not be loving people it all contributes to this brokenness that we all have we all hurt each other but what we are sure of is that this is not from god evil is not from god it is not from uh it is not part of his plan to create evil but what came out of it given our freedom is that these are the consequences but and i think you have been doing a road to revelation series so you are looking at this squarely that the promise is that someday jesus will deal with this with finality he will return uh, as the king and he will deal with the evil once and for all. But that is a promise for a later time. Is the, evil, is the evil, though, when you say deal with the evil, is that on an individual basis or evil as evil as its own entity or the human beings that are exhibiting evil ways? You know, sorry to cut you off. I just, I just wanted to make clear what you're saying. No, yeah, that, that's a perfectly legitimate question. And... Uh, well, when we talk about the end times, I was referring to what we what is promised. No, that what we are saying is that all forms of evil, individual, uh, the evil that has broken the world, cosmic evil, will be dealt with finality. But that's, you know, that's for a much. We're not we're not 
focus on the when and the specifics of that. But that is the promise that we are given. No? So that is, uh, at the end of everything, heaven and earth will be married together. That is the image given in Revelations in the last few chapters. And the presence of God will permeate everything once again, as was originally intended. So yeah, it's like going to be new heaven, <laughs> new earth. New earth. <laughs> new heaven. That's the promise, no? But I guess the, 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 the heart of most concern is the here and now, right? So what Christianity offers is not an answer, but a solution. It is to give meaning to the suffering that we are having. That suffering is part of our world. We have to accept that it's part of our here and now, but it doesn't have to be the end of it. There could be meaning and purpose behind it. It can even be redemptive because our suffering, our pain, could be a part of how we grow and how we mature and actualize as human beings. So that's um, that's a, not to take too much time, but that's the short answer to it. Right, right, right. Yes. right. I know um, you have a new earth, Instructor Aaron. You, I think, have a slightly different theology on this and also just the timeline that we are in with the promises in Revelation because, as we mentioned earlier, you guys are um, testifying. Actually, you did the series already. We'll, we'll get to the details on that in a little bit. But just to like pick up from Mo's question, like what would you say to something like that? Yeah, well, first, I, I just... You know, it always hurts me when I hear people having to deal with those kind of, you know, issues and concerns. I myself have had to go through a lot of those things. I've had friends or family that have gone through a lot of that. So it's definitely not an un, you know, uncommon question. And it's right. not anything that anybody should be ashamed of being upset about, you know, and in that way, I, you know, when you feel that passion coming, I mean, it's like, I, it's infective, you know, I feel that as well, you know, when he's speaking about it, because it does upset me too. It really upsets me the way that the world is right now, you know, it really does. And I was trying to think of like, how do you answer this? Like you, just like you said, it's not a, a one-time answer. You know, I mean, there's a lot of discussions I would like to have little by little to be able to try to give any kind of a, an understanding as to what's happening. But it comes down first, does or does not God exist? I mean, really, if you want to think about it like that, does he exist or does he not? If he doesn't exist, then everything makes sense. This world just, we're just animals. We're all just living however we want, Right. And right. people are using not just God, but they'll use any kind of power, any kind of authority to abuse and, you know, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely, that type of thing. You know, people are inherently evil, you know, just because, and if you want to say evil or just inherently greedy or selfish, they want what's theirs. So if God doesn't exist, okay, well, there, there's that. But if God does exist, then you have to ask, okay, well, why is it this way? I mean, if God actually exists, right, let's just go by that conclusion, God does exist. Then why is the world this way? then there has to be a reason for it, right? Right. There has to be, if, if God exists and the world's this way, there has to be a reason. Why would he allow that? Why does he allow, if he actually exists? So then we have to try to, instead of thinking about it from our point of view, from our perspective, we have to try to think about it from God's perspective. But how do you do that? How do you think from God's perspective? And that's why, again, going back to the Bible, and this is the hardest thing. When I first meet somebody who doesn't, believe in the Bible or doesn't want to use the Bible, I, I try to, I try not to, I'll just put it aside because it becomes like circular logic or circular mm. region, you know, reasoning, right? The Bible says this because the Bible says this, right? God, it just doesn't, it doesn't work well. So I try to look at it in a different sense, you know, like, well, 
you know, in like a logical way of the world and things like that. But it's not, it's not 100% possible because the only way to actually understand God is through God's thoughts, right? There's a scripture, and I'm just going to do this from time to time, I'll throw out a scripture, but there's a scripture called in Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, it says, you know, your ways are not our ways, right? God's thoughts are not our thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are God's thoughts higher than ours. If I wanted to know your thoughts, the only way I'm going to really know is if you tell me, right? I can't break into your brain. I can't understand your spirit. I can't understand your heart unless you, like you just did, right? You opened up and you say, hey, this is what's upsetting me. Now I know. I wouldn't have known that before unless you told me. It's the same thing when it comes to God, but even on a greater level. So why is the world in the way that it is? I know it can sound like a cop-out. I know it can sound like a, just a, a basic canned answer, but it really does boil down to there is two spirits in this world. There is the spirit of God who is the creator, who loves this creation. He really honestly loves this creation. And then there's another entity that is not the creator who does, wants nothing more than to destroy everything and to get people to blame God for it. And that's the story where it, it like begins with that. Does that give solace in people that are being physically abused and watching their children be physically abused? I, I can't say that it does having children myself, right? right? And then you take it just one, let me, I'm gonna finish up, wrap it up real quick. But then you take it one step further and realize that this world, our physical life is such a minute, tiny aspect of reality that our physical life of 50, 70, 100 years is nothing compared to eternity, right? Nothing. And so you say about people being held accountable, it is so clear, absolutely clear that it's God's, you know, God's ability to avenge, right? It's God who's going to take care of it. And the ultimate judgment, the ultimate judgment is so beyond our imagining. It's just incredible. The, the difference between heaven and hell and the fact that these people are going to be in a place referred to as hell, the burning lake of sulfur, these types of crazy, I don't really like to talk about too much because it's a lot of fear. But if you really understood where these people were going to go in the end, if you really honestly believed and understood where they're going to go, man, I would have, I, you have pity on them instead. Like how foolish and like how stupid are you to do these things and to do it in God's name? Like, are mm. you serious? That's really what it means to hold the Lord's name in vain. That's really what that means. I, I, listen, I love both your answers. No, um, Father Albert and, and Aaron, you know, and, and it's my, my thing is though, what I still, still can't seem to get an answer to, and I don't want to take up too much of your time on this one, Sam. It's just, you know, obviously. No, go, go uh, everyone. Don't worry about hey, it. Just how many times has God, is God referenced? Cause you certainly know, you sound like, you know, your Bible, right? How many times is it referenced in the Bible that God is, all powerful, almighty, you know, just creator of all things. How many times? Uh, it's got to be dozens, right? Dozens of times. At least. Yeah, at, at least. <laughs> at least. Maybe a hundred times that the Bible refers to God as almighty. That that word is, so, you know, you asked, well, does he exist or he doesn't exist? Okay, if he doesn't exist, yes, that makes sense. We, we, act, we behave the way we behave because, you know, it, it is what it is. But if he does exist, how come he's not as advertised? they call him almighty a hundred times. Then, then let me see it. If you're almighty, if you've created everything, including evil then in this capacity of this conversation, oh, is it Genesis 1-1, God creator of all things. He can do anything. He has the power to do anything. 
then why allow a kiboloy of this this level of just ugh? Yeah. Why why is this a guy around if you're almighty? Yeah. And, I, I asked it earlier, and then maybe I'm just re-asking it again in a different way. But you know, I, I'm looking at a certain verses. Uh, you tell me if this is wrong, but Job was it Job one verse nine to twelve? Satan had to ask permission to harm Job. He, that just shows, man. You, even Satan, like the, the 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 poster boy of evil, still is not capable of beating the Almighty. Why does the Almighty then, in in, in as advertised, allow a a Satan of a human being like a, a Kibole to walk the earth? I can I take a jab at this, and I'm not saying that this is the answer, but like when I hear things like that, and this is stuff that I learned on the podcast as well, as we were having these discussions about Bible and all that. Because in the salvation plan of God, like we have a role to play in it as well. And I think like where most coming from is like, yes, we have an almighty God. He can do whatever he wants. So why does he allow all of this? But I think my understanding is that God's heart is so incomprehensibly loving towards us that he wants to save as many people as he can in the process of this salvation plan. Right? Like I remember one time we were talking about how if God decided to judge us today, like if that final judgment that we just talked about was going to happen today, most of us are not going to make it to heaven. <laughs> hmm. I'm not kidding. Right? Right? But God has this plan in mind, and that is what the Bible is. And at the end of it, he's going to try to save as many people as possible. But the judgment that you're talking about for those who fall short of you know, what he's looking for, they're going to get it. If that's, I'm sorry, they're going to get it. I mean, because I, I also know what Instructor Aaron was talking about earlier. Like, I mean, we, we don't want to be happy about people going to this awful, awful place, you know, but God is also a just God. And I believe that there is going to be a final judgment where we may not understand it right now, but it's definitely coming. I, do I make sense, guys? I mean, yeah. you you do, but I think where most coming from is, yeah, mm-hmm. God is almighty. When does he put a stop to this? Like, why is he still allowing it? You know? And from the little little um, study that I've been doing under, under you know, NHNE, Mo, I mean, I don't have all the answers, obviously, yet, and I still have a long way to go. But the little that I've studied with them, I to me it it's making a little more sense because i used to question all the time as well yeah yeah why did so many bad things happen to me why did i have to lose two babies why the, why did i get divorced blah 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 and i blamed god so quickly before but now i i to me in my heart it's it's the world um the last how many thousand years it hasn't belonged to god it's belonged to the the evil you know, the evil but, entity. But, 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 okay, so using that line, right? Uh, and, and forgive me if I'm getting the Bible verses wrong. Uh, John uh, chapter 1, verse 2, 3, God, the Son, <laughs> holds power over all nature and is involved in its creation, holds power over all. So if you're saying, Tina, that, okay, maybe thousands of years the world belonged to God and now it's just kind of belonged to Well, he still holds power over all, over everybody, right? Yeah. There's God the Father can do all things. Job 42, 2. He can do all things. 
not no, I, I, not I in 2022, saying. not yeah. in 1412. All things, all the time. Yeah. So no, I, what I is what up saying. with that? Yeah. The, the thing you got to imagine this, you know, just for and again, not just because none of the answers that I'm going to give are just going to be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But you know, and then everything's fixed, right? But <clears throat> if you think about it like this, okay, if God was to carry out that, you know, that God can do all things, right? And just say, okay, I'm just going to get rid of all evil, right? Right now, just going to decide everything evil is going to be just taken out right now. To be honest, everything belongs to Satan right now. The entire world, when it, I'm not talking about the globe, I'm not talking about the actual planet, but all people, all people, according to the scriptures, they all belong to Satan until they are created as back into his image or, or perfect because we all have sin. So every single person that has sin and we're born into sin, according to the scriptures. So even children, even babies, it's not their fault. Original sin exists, right? That's just how it is because of Adam. So you want to go back to the beginning, right? There's an answer. It doesn't mean the answer is a good one. It doesn't mean that you know you want to hear that answer, but the truth is the <laughs> truth if you want to say it, right? So if he were to just wipe it out, because he does have that option. You think about it in the beginning, God's got a couple options, right? So God creates the heavens and the earth. He gives it all to man. He's like, hey, it's yours. I'm creating you and I'm making you in my image and I'm going to give you everything. You have dominion over everything. I want you to enjoy it, be fruitful, multiply. This is your paradise. And then what does man do? He's like, oh, here, you can have it. He gives it to Satan instead. So now Satan has control of it. God gave it away. He can't take it back from man. He gave it to man. It's like me giving you my, my house and then you giving my house to somebody else. I can't go, well, I'm taking my house back, right? But God wants to be able to take it back. But how does he take it back? It's got to be the one that gave it away that takes it back, which is man. So now think about if God were to, you know, carry out those, those plans. He's got plan one. He can just wipe everything out because it's his creation. So he can do so. He sure. can just destroy right. everything. And yeah. everything that's evil would be destroyed. Well, that would be everything at that point. You know, two, he can do nothing and just let evil eventually just take over everything because that's kind of what happens. It's like an infection that just takes over everything. Or three, he can set in motion a plan in which eventually man will be able to overcome all of that evil, to be able to have the ability of its own free will to learn how to actually overcome that evil and in the same process, never allow it to happen again. Never allow it to happen again. And then that plan put in motion. But unfortunately, it's not something that can just happen overnight. And it's not as if God didn't try. He tried multiple times to do it in the past, but it was man that kept failing. So it's not that God is less the power. It's, it's, he's really, as Sam said, it's really our job to be able to do it. It's not God's job. He already gave us everything. And now it's man's job to be able to take it back. But God is teaching us how to be able to do that. And it's our own failure that has allowed it to take this long. Again, I know that's not like a, the most feel-good answer, and I know it doesn't give everything because there's so many more things I want to show you, but sure. you know, time purposes and things. But, but, but yeah, if, it's a hard if, one. Do you think then, it, and this might be more philosophical and a completely different topic at this point, but do you think then God has failed in the this whole project that he tried to pull off uh, this God creation? God does not fail. How dare you? Oh, well, <laughs> I look at this dude on the FBI list telling me he's failing. Um, no, this, I, I like, would like, say more man. Okay, let's go to your house analogy, right? If yeah. you knew in hindsight that if you gave me your house and I just ended up giving it to the worst human being and just ruined the whole neighborhood, would you then go, man, you know what? I shouldn't have given it to Mo. Do you think at some point God's like, you know, what? maybe I shouldn't have done this whole universe thing. I was fine. I was hanging out. I was chilling. 
It was good. Life was good. And then I did this, and look what they did with it. Uh, you know what? Maybe I should have not pulled this one off. Yeah, if I if I get into this, and, and then I want to pass it on to you know Father Albert, but uh, this one might be a little controversy for or controversial, I'll say for. Uh, religious people, non-religious people, they don't really care about this particular thing I'm going to say, but religious people, it, it, it kind of opens up a can of, of craziness, but <gasps> see there's it. a scripture. And he will see it on part two of this kickoff episode. Aside from that can of craziness also happening next time, where are we in the salvation plan of God, where all this evil in the world gets sorted out and can non-readers get into Bible? Let me rephrase. Can Mo ever get into the Bible? Just kidding. Not really. Just come back on Thursday, okay? Please. In the meantime, please check out Good Times with Mo and the Pads Cast with Father Albert, both on Spotify, and the Dog Behind the Human on YouTube with our resident fur mom, Tina Ryan. And don't forget, you can write us for anything at the narrow door podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for being here, and we'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.